All right. Alrighty. So, Inish, what's next? Let me take a take a look at the list. Best cinematography nominated. We have The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, <clears throat> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the winner is Nineteen Seventeen. I will repeat that I unironically think that The Lighthouse had the best cinematography out of the nominees for this category, even though 1917 was still pretty impressive. I'll support that. Yeah, I'd say Lighthouse over 1917, because, like, 1917 was pretty strong with it, like, just seamless camera work, but, like, The Lighthouse, it it just showed total mastery. Yeah, There is no question. I think the distinction here is that in 1917, cinematography was very well done and very like believable, very realistic, like props to, to the people who made it. But in uh, The Lighthouse, the story was pretty much told through the cinematography primarily. That and the acting. I also think that one thing I have a problem with 1917 is I feel like there's a lot of wasted shots because it is one take, so... You're going to have some shots where, like, nothing that interesting is going on or, like, the composition isn't, like, that great, the way it's, like, framed and all of that. But 197, but uh, The Lighthouse, I feel there's not there's not a wasted shot in the movie. I think it all looks fantastic. It all serves a purpose. And it looks beautiful. So I feel like... Well, I hate to say it. I think I'm going to be the person who kind of stands out in this category then. Um, I'm sorry. You should be. Um, I, 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 I think that I think that the lighthouse and 1917 are pretty equal. All things considered, the lighthouse is definitely more of a visual storytelling than 1917 is, but that's I think less a result. I'm I think that's less a result of the cinematographers personally, and more a result of the way the screenplays are structured. Uh, the Lighthouse is very much written to be a very visual film and be told very visually, and that's exactly what it is. And it's done brilliantly with some of the best cinematography of the decade, no doubt about it. Um, I think 1917 is very obviously the best technical achievement in the category. I don't, I don't think any. Yeah, of it us definitely seemed harder to make to do the cinematography. Um, I, I so. have a slight issue, but like I will voice it after you finish. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that I, I would, I do actually kind of disagree with Einish. I think all of the shot compositions are fantastic. I don't think any of the shots in 1917 aren't well composed, which is incredible considering that you'd think it would fall off the rails at one point or another, but it never actually does. Um, like the, like the scene where they float across the camera floats across the water and like keeps them center frame the whole time ducking over and under like objects in the water as it goes like that was probably the most impressive thing I saw all year. Um, I think the best cinematography of last year wasn't nominated, and that was the farewell. Yep. Yeah, we saw it. Not sure if yeah, we, saw, you it. Saw, we that. saw it all together. I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think it measures up at all. Oh, you did. I. The only. I definitely think actually, that yeah, that I'll let you. And here, okay. and here's why so. is because the the farewell is the only. Well, I mean, I, I would say that the Lighthouse in 1917 also kind of did, Lighthouse more so. But The Farewell, I think, actually kind of invents an entirely new visual grammar for cinema in a very, very subtle way. Because it's a very personal film, it's a very emotional film, it's very focused on close-ups and things like that. But there's actually probably less than a handful of close-ups in the entire film. 
made with an Eastern sensibility of focus on family over individuals. It strays away from the typical close-ups that Hollywood and Western cinema relies on and focuses on framing the emotions of multiple people together within the same scene in a way that like, I haven't seen personally since the work of Antonioni back in the 60s. And I think that like the farewell should have been recognized for the fact that it really kind of sets a new standard for how visual storytelling can be done to match the subject matter and the location of the film. Now I will state my issue and uh, regarding the farewell actually first, I have to say that I'm definitely bringing a perspective of a cinematic normie into the conversation. I do not go to film school and I sincerely think that Andrew and Einish have a better appreciation for the technical qualities of filmmaking here. But as a normie sitting there in the living room and watching um, The Farewell, the only interesting thing that I got out of the cinematography was that concept you were talking about of like, um, like community or family instead of the individual where they achieve it through a lot of shots that like just capture the emotion of the group and like a lot of close-ups and a lot of shots where you just like see people walking together or sitting together at like a dining table. But it like, and it wasn't bad. I'm not saying that it was very interesting, but for me, it didn't really measure up to like just the technical awe of 1917 or the creative visual storytelling of the lighthouse. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's clear watching the lighthouse that the guy has complete control over the camera and it, it's just amazing in in ways you really don't see in today's world of cinema so that it has my vote for sure i do think like it would have been kind of nice after hearing like andrew explain the farewell i think it would have been nice to have a nomination for it although i do still Agreed. think that the lighthouse was better cinematography wise yeah. I guess my last thing I would say is that I think all three of those films um, set a new standard for cinematography um, in a way that hasn't been done in a long time. And so like I really couldn't have I really couldn't have been upset with any of the three winning, even though I do think the farewell is the best of the three. I'm I think relatively upset with uh the fact that The Lighthouse didn't w win, not because uh, I dislike the cinematography in 1917, and not even because I think it is, for me, inferior to the cinematography in The Lighthouse, but because The Lighthouse was honestly just snuffed not, at everything yeah. else in the Oscars, and now it's just, like, probably my favorite movie of the year, and one of my favorite movies in general that I think are made with true creativity and showcase, like, some skill that we don't normally see in cinema nowadays has not been like recorded as the best of the year and that is tragic for me well essentially it comes down to hollywood does not want to give stuff to a24 because that which is they, weird because they a24 gave it to consistently moonlight. produces quality yeah, they well they yeah it but to moonlight back in like 2017 or well, something right because but that that was also like 16. there there were things that they were trying to do with that too so they were a little I mean, bit you're more willing. To politics, I'm assuming. Yeah, they were trying to. I mean, like, it's also achieve a political made film, No, a hundred percent. But more, what I'm saying is that with with Lighthouse, they don't have anything going for it aside from it's a 
great movie. And Hollywood just doesn't want to admit that something outside of the system of Hollywood can be good. So they'll do anything in their power to keep it hidden from the general public. So that's why like A24, even though they make like great things like Uncut Gems and Lighthouse, uh, you know, Hollywood will never acknowledge it. The Witch was awesome. Yeah, The Witch. Which I love now. Yeah, same same director too. Lady yeah, Bird. Wait, Andrew, when you said Robert Eggers, I thought you said Angry Birds for a second. <laughs> no, I no, oh, I, said, yeah, I, I said, said Lady Angry Bird. Birds. Yeah, the Angry, Angry Birds, Birds movie got snubbed. Lady Bird's fantastic. Booksmart's yeah. really good. Oh no, Booksmart was Annapurna. My bad. But no, I agree. Yeah, like Lady Bird also didn't. Yeah. Did it win anything? I or... think it did. It did win something for sure. I don't think so. No. I didn't. I didn't think it. Oh, maybe it won the. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I think the screenplay was the screenplay was the strongest thing about the movie. So I would be. That was, was. by Such the same director anyways, as yeah. uh, Any, anything Little else. Women, yeah. 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 Same writer director. Yeah. Any anything else we have to say about cinematography? Cats. The Joker, totally hands down. <laughs> yeah, the Joker. Hands down. <laughs> the Joker. Actually, like that said, the cinematography and the Joker yeah. is not unimpressive per se. I think it it's pretty nice. good. It just doesn't, it definitely doesn't measure up. To, yeah. This is not Anything one of the slots. Oh. I actually think the cinematography in Joker is really good. Yeah, I but I mean, it's, it's no birds of spray, movie. but you know. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, like it, it doesn't measure up to the, the uh, like the best of the best of, the, yeah. of of last year, but at the same time, it's not like it doesn't deserve the spot. Yeah, yeah I'd agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. And also, I'd like to throw out there that I think cinematography is, in general, like, as someone who follows the Oscars year by year, I think cinematography is one of the better categories. Like, for example, last year, three of the five nominated films for cinematography were foreign language, and one of them I don't think had any other nominations. So, like, definitely cinematography, like, even the fact that it's the only category that includes The Lighthouse does show that, like, I think cinematographers are a bit smarter and a bit more inclusive than some of the other categories of the Oscars. So I'd like to okay. throw them a bone for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. With that, do we want to go to the two uh, sound categories? Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. Good. I was going to say, don't bother <laughs> separating them because the, the Academy sure doesn't. The Academy doesn't, the Academy doesn't know the difference, am I right? No, they. Did you see the thing where they um? It, it's there's. It's now just best sound or something. It's no Wait, longer really? sound. Oh, I did not know that. You didn't see that? They actually combined them. They actually did. Now it's just best that, sound. Yeah, they actually did. That, that's. Yeah, which is what it was. Which, in fairness, it was just best sound for quite a long time before they separated them. So yeah. I, they're kind of going back to before. But I think Inus and I both yeah, agree, I agree that they should have separated. I don't separate. know uh, if they're just going to ignore it anyway. The separation, then might as well put it back. Right. I mean, usually they give it to the same movie. I think, but this time they actually gave it to two different movies, which was kind which of nice. Which both deserved it in all fairness. And yeah. they got it backwards. <laughs> Yeah, they got it back. To, I was, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> With that, do we want to read the nominations? Absolutely. No. Let, let's all leave right. the audience in the dark. Good idea. All, all three people that listen to this. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh God! I just read the bottom. Yeah, yeah. For best sound I mean, editing. Just wait till I Fuck read me, it. Dude. Um, best sound editing. We have once again the Joker. Whoop, baby. Whoop. Uh, Nineteen seventeen. Once upon a time in Hollywood. 
the rise of Skywalker. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. And the winner was Ford v. Ferrari. (laughs) And the winner was the rise of Skywalker. The rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I don't know. I think Rise of Skywalker should have won that. (laughs) I agree. Such a good movie. No, dude, the, the sound, sound when um No, Rise of Skywalker should have won best editing. That editing on point. Happened. So good. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker is easily one of the worst it's edited blockbusters. Easily one of the worst seen. movies I've ever seen. <laughs> so it's one bad. of the worst blockbusters I've ever seen. It's easily one of the worst moments of my oh, life. Oh yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Anyways, best sound editing. Um, I have not seen Ford v Ferrari, and I'm not going to lie. I would still probably give it. I may actually still give it to it, just because I like stumbled across a video where like, even though they put multiple sound effects on like the same track, they still had over 95 separate audio tracks mm-hmm. for the film. Which just shows like a crazy amount of effort. The sound, on behalf of this oh, the sound was a masterclass. So good. Did Absolute you guys see the masterclass? Yep. Saw it in theaters in Russia. I forget. Did I see it with you, Oleg? Or uh, no, I saw it in Russia. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I saw it when I went back home in theaters. Yeah, so. Alex and I watched the movie. He went to Russia with me to watch Ford v Ferrari. Just, in Russia. just yeah. watch Ford v Ferrari. Just for yeah, that. Good and then I went home. I'm sorry, yeah. you were cut off. I said, yeah, just for that, and then I went home. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, I, the, the sound sorry. is... Sorry, I just yeah. wanted to say, um, mm-hmm. it was. it's kind of impressive when you can hear, ev- like, the engines... The in, sorry. The engines in every single, like, car sounded different. And as they built the car, they changed the sound of the engine... Which I feel like that sounds dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course they would, but I feel like they usually wouldn't do that. And yeah, the fact, no, like, they as they evolved the engine, like the sound of it changed and it made it more rumbly or whatever this and that to like reflect it in. It sounds so good. I, I I went into that movie not being a car guy at all, which which is kind of funny because I'm an automotive engineer, but uh, or was at least at the time, uh, and then. Basically, I walked out of it, and I immediately went and bought a racing game, and was like, "All right, we're going to relive this movie. <laughs> we're gonna, we're just gonna stay in this world for a little while longer." Yeah, that honestly ties into uh, what I said on my uh, letterbox about the movie. Yeah, subtle tie-in, I know. Uh, <laughs> that like this oh, like, movie. Where can well... they find your letterbox? On letterbox. A link in the description below. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to sign up for Skillshare, you see. (laughs) Yeah, I think that while um, Ford v. Ferrari is definitely to a point a character study as well, primarily it is a racing movie, and the racing scenes in the movie are what truly sell the picture. Oh, yeah, no. And you can hear the racing. It's not even about seeing it. You can hear every turn, every tire squeal, every, like, engine burst. And it's just, I, I, it's hard to describe for me once again from the perspective of a normie, but it just sounds delicious. And that's, is, I think, why I love this film. It is probably my hands down favorite racing movie I've ever seen. Most exhilarating. Same. It's it's close between that or, um, have you seen Rush? Uh, let me think, Rush. Is that, 
It's the one with. Uh... I'm mean, judging by the fact that you Ron can't Howard. remember what it is if you've seen it. You either haven't seen it or it didn't stick with you. No, that, I was going to say that's a yeah, that's a wide net to cast with me. I've seen too many movies to remember all of them by name. <laughs> Rush is pretty good, but yeah, I do think Ford v Ferrari is better. I was going to say the only movie that really measures up is uh, is uh, Speed with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Speed. Speed Racer. Wait, no, that that by is called Speed, piece. right? The the one where he's driving. It a is bus. yeah, the, the Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the bus movie, yeah. He put a bomb on the bus. <laughs> no, no, no. Speed to cruise control, where it's now it's now on a ship. <laughs> hey, in in fairness, Speed to Cruise Control is one of is one of the only films on Ron Tomatoes that has a single <laughs> positive review. And it's from Roger Ebert. That's he gave it three fun. and a half. <laughs> that that is great. So um, yeah. Okay, are we good sound, sound editing. So um, we have Ad Astra, which actually was fantastic I sound mixing. I haven't um, seen it. Yeah, it actually Ad was Astra, really Ford v Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon Joker. a Time in Hollywood, and Nineteen Seventeen. <laughs> which one? Nineteen Seventeen, I think. Yeah, Nineteen Seventeen. I'd say. I think Ford v Ferrari should have gotten sound mixing, and 1970 should have gotten sound. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with the premise of like, every, of both of those movies getting one category to themselves and like resting there at least. Yeah, you know what? I, w- I was wrong. Yeah, you're you're right, Anish. It's backwards. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Ford v Ferrari should have gotten mixing. So yeah, mm-hmm. and 17 probably uh, editing then. I mean, they both definitely like... deserve one each. I feel like Ad Astra should have gotten. I'm thinking editing because I think the editing was a bit tighter than the mixing. But I haven't seen Ad Astra, so I can't. I I kind of thought I kind of thought the mixing for Ad Astra was what really made it. I I thought I thought the mixing was the was the cool part. The fact that they were like fading in and out and like only emphasizing certain things. Um, I didn't I didn't particularly like the effect as much as most people, but I think that. Ad Astra was the movie where I most noticed the sound mixing that I saw last I year. Say, whether I that's feel like better or that's worse. the same um, problem though as the uh, visual effects. That a really yeah. good sound mixer, you don't really aren't conscious of it. It should be subconscious. And then, yeah, I will say for for nineteen seventeen though, um, for a movie that's entirely one take, the the fact that like the camera is constantly moving and that you have to put every single sound in the exact yeah, right no, spot or it's not going to work. Majestic. And they did do that very well, very so well that's done. that's yeah. worth pointing. It's bloody cool. majestic. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm glad that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got some recognition yeah. in these categories because I thought that I thought that movie did a great job, especially seeing it on film. Uh, it apparently, awesome. what, mm-hmm. what so, was the yeah. thing that, that Tarantino did that he? Uh, I think that people were saying he used the original uh, recordings of like Universal logo, I think, and it like for some reason just pushed the sound quality up like a lot. I think he might have, I mean, just from, I don't know anything about that. From hearing that, it sounds like he would be the, it sounds like he'd be the kind of guy who would like go back to the original like analog master tapes and master brand yeah, new exactly. copies from that 
And because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was made on film, the fact that they were using analog tapes means that they could have used analog sound directly onto the film strip. So that would have been like, and since film can hold such high sound quality, that would like make, that means that the music used in the film would sound even better than it possibly could on a vinyl, um, which is probably a big part of that. I, you know what? I would love to hear people start saying now instead of like, oh, you haven't experienced them till you've heard them on vinyl for them to start replacing that with. You haven't you haven't experienced a tool till you've heard them on film. <laughs> yeah. I will say I actually really like the sound of film. I think film sounds a lot nicer than digital. Alex, the only correct way to experience Tool is through a very shitty 360p video on Russian YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) To to be fair, their live performance on Russian knockoff YouTube. (laughs) Like Tool, Tool is already just bloody amazing, but the live performances take it up somehow even more. I've never had the privilege of being present at a Tool concert. Oh, yeah. It, well, first off, you won't remember much of it because it's 90% pot in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and our video was banned in China, Russia, and other countries of the world. Now, JK. Yeah. <laughs> I think we I are think good so. for some oh, wait, 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 wait. We didn't talk about the Joker, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah. The, the Joker. Joker. I would say they, the only real sound editing they did besides the music was making sure that his laugh was always really well hearable. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I, that's it. That's all they did. They mixed in the score pretty well, but like, I mean, basically any any decently quality movie you saw last year did a good job mixing in the score. So I don't know why they singled it out, except for they wanted to give it a fuck ton of nominations to prove that they weren't yeah. shy. Well, about essentially that entire movie was a game of how can we get out of walking Phoenix's way so that he can give us the most stellar performance. And, you know, it paid off because it's an yeah, amazing performance. It was a good, it was a good premise and it paid off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, yeah, you know, walking yeah. is powerful enough of an actor to just carry it all on his own so why don't we let him carry it all on his own <laughs> and todd phillips sits in the back with like a juice box yeah and then todd phillips is like i'll take the credit that's okay <laughs> yeah i'll say it was me I, because legitimately everything about that movie that okay. i like it when you're watch like behind the scenes stuff it's always like yeah that wasn't in the script and then uh joaquin just said hey let me do this and uh well, now it's everybody's favorite part. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. That and the license songs are good. Yeah. I oh, like Gary have Glitter. Issues. I disagree with that. I disagree. <laughs> I think they're badly used. I know. I think they're good. I think, but like that's just me. Like every Todd Phillips movie I've seen has had a phenomenal soundtrack, and none of the songs are used well or appropriately. Okay, except for the Gary Glitter part. Which I understand. It, honestly, like I'm not even gonna lie. No. Straight up, in watching it in the theater, it did work for me. It did mm-hmm. like evoke it the emotion that it was supposed to for me. Hard in the but movie. except for that, like let's leave that out of the conversation. What song was used inappropriately? Yeah. In Joker. Well, see, here's like what songs were used up until um, that point. 
up until that point, that's actually a good question. What was the song? Um, let me look it up because you actually that was, raised a That good was point. the thing is that I that was the first time I noticed there actually being like, I mean, there was is it in the beginning because I, I which is I kind of like forgot what was there. It's it, very that's also, very what's early a, on. the theme song for Murray's uh, show? Because there, it, that's also a licensed, I believe. Uh, is that the is uh, that the cream song? May, maybe. I don't know. It's called White it. Room. I can't remember where that was. Song. See, here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's like, life. Um, send in the clowns. Like, like if 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 Todd Phillips had been using music, like if he had been like putting music into the film throughout the whole thing, then I would have been like then the fact that Gary Glitter just shows up out of nowhere wouldn't really be a problem for me. But it felt like I sat through... Like, even when That's Life played, it was diegetic. Like, it was coming out of a radio or something, and then it faded into the soundtrack. That's where I got the but, sound like, having editing. sat through what was, like, an yeah. hour... <laughs> it, but having sat through over an hour and a half of a movie... Like, I had been sitting in a theater for over an hour and a half and had not heard a single song like on the soundtrack proper. And that was the first one. And that was, I thought that was a horrible artistic choice because it just ripped you right out because you'd spend an hour and a half expecting And then the it dips back into the soundtrack. Like it goes from Gary Glitter to then it just goes back to like the pretty solid soundtrack. And I'm like, then what was the point? Yeah. Like that the soundtrack is indeed phenomenal. Oh. Also, I think that scene, also just like straight up, I think that scene sucks. I think it would have been far better if he had just walked out of the elevator and the people had been standing right there and he had to run oh, there. Oh, you don't and like he the didn't stair scene? do the whole stair sequence. I also do not. I actually didn't mind the stair metaphor because, yeah, like, it's not, it. it's not yeah. one scene. It's uh, at first he climbs the stairs, like, because he is, like, he's going upwards. He's always an uphill battle. Yeah. yeah, but then, like, once he turns into the Joker, he dances on the stairs going downhill. And, like, it's not a complicated metaphor. It's pretty simple, yeah. but I thought it was a nice touch, personally. I like the idea. I just think the execution was off. Because of Gary Glitter. Yeah. I also think that if you had just used the score, like, if you had used a theme from the score, but put it in a different key and made it more aggressive, would have had a much larger impact. I understand what that's just because going for. Chick held he... whatever is great. Oh, she's great. She also she she is amazing. She worked. But she worked yeah, with some going for here. Sorry, sorry. She worked with um, the dude who did the soundtrack for Arrival. I forgot his name. She worked uh, with Johanna him. She was, like, yeah. she was like his prodigy. Or, I don't know or how something. to say his name, but mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. she's his prodigy. Yeah, which makes sense. They, they sound similar. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they sound very similar. <laughs> Um, they both they both kind of have that like they both kind of have like a harsher Max Richter feel to them. I'm glad that you've got more work because them. of this. They give so. me a, a very uh, a very Shostakovich vibe. No, no, it's do they though? It's the <laughs> right, so it's as as it's my saying, it's my new character I'm working on called for, pretentious asshole. Um, like giving him a personal moment with the stairs, and that's why he used Gary Glitter. Like it was supposed to be like cheesy. It was supposed to be like cool from but the, the rest perspective of the, movie of the main isn't character, that. but I agree that it like doesn't fit. No, I'm not. I'm not fighting you on this. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that like it's really not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Like it's not that much of a disaster in my opinion. Does it truly fit? No, no, not really. No, it doesn't. I think it's like a pretty, pretty yeah. terrible scene, but it doesn't derail the whole movie. It's just a really bad scene in an overall pretty good movie. So. 
Yeah, I agree. And I like I like the idea of doing something that doesn't fit to show the transition of him like this is where he becomes the Joker. I like that idea. I just think the whole scene is poorly executed. Yeah, well, and I mean, pointless. I don't know about that. I think but... I think it gets across exactly what it's trying to get across, which is at this point in the movie, he's not imagining like he's not a normal person. He's seeing himself as like the lead character on a sitcom or a lead character in a movie. So, you know, the stereotypical, uh, like, duh, you know, anthem song playing in the background as he's marching on to his, like, glory future. It, that That's very fitting, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, we can no, agree to disagree. I, I, I disagree guess, with that. I like, your, I like your points. I think your points are pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's, actually, that's, I, I don't accept I, I, that. We I have like, to fight. Because I haven't really thought of it spill. from that perspective yeah, yeah. before. We, so. yeah. I can't agree to disagree. Yeah. Over <laughs> Discord. <laughs> you have a Steam? <laughs> Over Discord. <laughs> Load we up will Jedi Academy. We're going to take it out on there. Oh, boy. I've been practicing. <laughs> I, I, I have not loaded the game. <laughs> oh, boy.